0: is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. This is Anne Marie Schieber of Healthcare News. Do you know those decongestants you buy over the counter? We've been buying them for several decades now, and guess what? They don't work. Now, We used to be able to buy decongestants that did the job, but those were pulled many years ago to stop the meth crisis. And what replaced those drugs are ones that have been proven now many times, they are no better than a placebo. To chat more about this, I've invited back onto the podcast, Dr. Jeff Singer, Dr. Singer is a practicing surgeon in Phoenix, Arizona and a senior fellow at the Cato Institute where he focuses a lot on drug regulation. Welcome back.
1: Nice to be here.
0: So tell us what happened in the last couple of months regarding these decongestants that don't work, uh, the ones that you could buy over the counter. Now they're generics, but they also have this acronym after them that many people don't even notice or even know what it means. Uh, set that, that says PE on their label. What does that mean, and what is this drug?
1: Okay, the PE stands for phenylephrine. And actually, in, in I think it was September 12th, uh, an FDA advisory panel uh, said that after looking at all the data on phenylephrine taken orally, uh, it doesn't work any better than placebo. Now, phenylephrine taken nasally as a nasal spray, like neosinephrine as phenylephrine nasal spray, that that works. But the phenylephrine when taken orally gets broken down by your digestive juices and it doesn't get absorbed into your system. Um, And um, actually that's kind of been known for at least 20 years, but it finally was made official by an FDA advisory panel in September of this year And the FDA has yet to act on it.
0: Now, I have a bottle of these things, and I'm going to toss them out. And I've been using them for many years. I suspected they didn't work, but they were easy to buy, so I bought them. Uh, Tell us what happened nearly two decades ago when the effective decongestant pseudoephedrine um, was pulled from the store shelves.
1: Yeah, well, first, it's important for the record. In the 1970s, the FDA looked at studies on oral phenylephrine and based on the studies said that oral phenylephrine is both and effective, which as you know, the FDA has to prove it as being effective as well. And uh, so it was around for, you know, from the mid seventies on. And then at the beginning of this century, there were basically three oral decongestants on the the market. There was phenylephrine, there was pseudoephedrine, and there was phenylpropylamines. Now, there were already some problems reported with phenylpnolamine. Some people were having hemorrhagic stroke. So most of the drug makers stopped putting it. They didn't wait for the government to act. And in fact, the government hasn't acted. They just stopped putting it on the market because they, they didn't want problems. So there were basically... Um, and uh, in 2005, Congress passed Combat Methamphetamine Epidemic Act because uh, people were taking pseudoephedrine products, uh, which were sold over-the-counter, and it, if you knew basic chemistry, you can actually convert pseudoephedrine into methamphetamine. Now, you can't do that with phenylephrine, only with pseudoephedrine. So one of the things to combat methamphetamine epidemic, besides cracking down all of these homegrown meth labs all over the country, was they ordered all products containing pseudoephedrine be, behind the counter, which means... Instead of you just you know, being able to go into a pharmacy and pick it off the shelf, you had to go to the pharmacist. Uh, they had to take down your ID, your driver's license. There were limits on how many they can give you in a 30-day period, and uh, they would be able. To, the DEA would keep track of this and track you. So um, as a result, um, most makers of the that we were using, Sudafed. S-U-D-A-F-E-D, which was the brand of pseudoephedrine, and Dayquil and all the others um, uh, were moved behind the counter, and in order to prevent customers from being all upset about this inconvenience, many of them switched out their products and made a different version containing phenylephrine that people could get over the counter. So you had Sudafed, which is pseudoephedrine, behind the counter, and Sudafed-P-E, which was mean is that it's phenylephrine, they get in front of the counter. Well, the, the law took effect in 2006, and in 2007, two uh, academic pharmacists at the University of Florida uh, were interested because they, they had suspected that phenylephrine didn't work based upon their own knowledge of the drug if it was taken orally. I've got to re- reiterate, nasal spray works. It's the oral form. So they uh, – so they did like sort of like a Freedom of Information Act request. They wanted to see the studies that the FDA used in the in the '70s to the, when they declared it safe and effective. and they looked at the, they got the studies and looked at them, and they thought these studies were garbage, many of them were really poor quality and uh and they concluded that you, that that basically back in 2007 they concluded that the pseudofed was no better than placebo i mean the, the phenylephrine was no better than placebo. Meanwhile, um, the this was a bad time to mention this to the FDA because, you know, the government just made pseudoephedrine behind the counter. And so one of their sister agencies was busy trying to enforce the Combat Methamphetamine Epidemic Act. And if the FDA suddenly declared that the only effective drug orally on the market is now made harder for you to get, that wouldn't be very popular. Now, I don't know what they were thinking because I wasn't at the at the meetings, but I could, but you could all agree it wouldn't have been a popular decision. Uh, these pharmacists petitioned the FDA to convene an advisory board to, to look again at phenylephrine and they looked at it and what they concluded was, well, the evidence is quote unquote murky and inconclusive. So they were sort of, they didn't say it's the same as placebo like the pharmacist at the University of Florida said, but they said th- th- its effectiveness is not conclusive. It was sort of like a more politically delicate way of saying it. So nothing changed. And then uh, in 2015, oh, another important point is Merck, which at that time had taken over uh, Claritin-D, which contained pseudoephedrine. They ran their own studies. This is a private sector. This is the government And their chemists concluded oral phenylephrine doesn't work. So they decided even though it's not convenient for customers, they're not going to come up with a a phenylephrine version. They're going to keep Claritin-D behind the counter, and I guess they were hoping that their reputation and brand name will be good enough to have people go through the difficulty of getting it. And their competitors, Zyrtec and Allegra, followed suit. So interestingly, a private company, their chemists knew it doesn't work. Then in 2015, after further research by Merck, Show that even higher doses of oral phenylephrine didn't work. Those two pharmacists once again petitioned the FDA to to convene an advisory council to look at it. And this time they were joined by other prominent organizations, including the American Pharmacy Association. Well, that was in 2015. Finally, in May of 2023, the FDA convened the advisory board. And the advisory board gave its report this September and said, phenylephrine taken orally does not work. It's the same as placebo. And the FDA has yet to act on that opinion. Now, CVS, a few weeks ago, they acted on it. They said, we're taking all our phenylephrine over-the-counter products off the shelf because we don't want to waste our customers' money. So uh, meanwhile, this was, all, all of this happened because of the Combat Methamphetamine Epidemic Act. Well, how did that combat methamphetamine epidemic act work to combat the methamphetamine epidemic? Well, uh, if you look at the data from the CB, first of all, m- almost all that's made in this country was made in these homegrown meth labs. they pretty much taken off the, the, the market by, the, by DEA uh, SWAT teams. So that opened up a big hole in the black market for the Mexican cartels to get in the business of. So they started making meth, and it didn't take them long. They had the incentive to find out that you can make meth out of much, much more efficiently using this industrial chemical, phenyl-2-propanol or P2P. And anybody who's watched the series Breaking Bad knows what I'm talking about. And so within a short period of time, the, the cartels much more efficiently than these local homegrown meth labs got into the business and started making it more potent and pure form. And meth-related overdose tests have increased between 2000 and and. Five and 2020, they increased 1400 percent, and they're still going up. If you look at the latest, yeah. So it didn't work. Yeah. So, so I argue. Look, since your law isn't working anyway, and, that, and, and why don't you just repeal it so we could get the drug that works for congestion, pseudoephedrine, back on on the shelf again and and back out from behind the counter, because. Nobody's using it to make meth anyway, but, and, and people want it. Um, and you, you could ask I, – I can't prove that the FDA has been slow walking this because they don't want to kind of undermine the DEA and the, and the combat methamphetamine epidemic. I don't have any evidence to that effect. But you know it doesn't take a the conspiracy theorist to at least suspect it you know, because that's the way you – know, it wouldn't be the first time the FDA has made political decisions.
0: Yeah, I mean we we've got the facts in front of us, and we know how long it's taken to get to this point. And boy, I'm not too hopeful after September 23 that they're going to take fast action, given their really slow walk on this for about two decades. Um, I want to back up a little bit. You know, when the FDA first got evidence that this drug was ineffective. why do you suppose it turned a uh, blind eye? Do you think it was just basically embarrassment? Or do you think perhaps maybe um, they were pressured by the drug makers who were putting these drugs out uh, over the counter because they were selling?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I have no evidence to to come up with any. These are just theories. Right. Um, uh, so uh, the drug makers Keep in mind, they were selling pseudoephedrine, and and now you made them – this law made them – their pseudoephedrine products more inconvenient. So they switched out for phenylephrine because that was okay with the regulators. So uh, I don't know that they were – I would put all of – the blame on the Combat Methamphetamine Epidemic Act, because I, and uh, the Combat Meth, if it wasn't for the Combat Methamphetamine Epidemic Act, the drug makers would have had their pseudoephedrine products on the on the shelves. Uh, so they were just trying to deal with the new law, but then again, the FDA, you know, uh, they, uh, I, I assume, didn't want to undermine a law that was just just been implemented to deal with the methamphetamine epidemic. So. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't have any evidence for anything. If you want to place the blame on anything, I place it on combat methamphetamine epidemic, because were it not for that, the FDA wouldn't have had any disincentives to look at the, the data showing that uh, phenylephrine over-the-counter doesn't, I mean, phenylephrine orally doesn't work. And the pharmaceutical maker wouldn't have had to Change their pseudoephedrine products, phenylephrine products. So at the bottom, uh, you know, at the, at the bottom line is that the, the main problem was the combat methamphetamine epidemic.
0: I mean, you bring up a good point because even the private drug makers were looking at this drug, trying to see if it's effective. I kind of have a theory that drug makers are more incentivized to make sure there's good value in the over-the-counter product than the ones that are sold with a prescription, because in that case, you got other people generally paying for it. Where in the over-the-counter market, you got people paying out of their own pocket, and so they're very—they're making decisions all the time whether to spend the money or not, and they're very sensitive to value. Yeah. So uh, that's probably what has happened here, right?
1: Yeah, in fact, there's evidence. That, well, yeah, in fact, there's, there's evidence that people do much more due diligence when they buy medications over the counter than when they uh, get a prescription medication. And I, I could attest to that from my own uh, clinical experience. I'll have patients when I'm taking a medical history and I'll ask them what medications they're on. Sometimes they can't name the drug or what it's for. They just know it's uh, I take this blue pill twice a day because my doctor prescribed it because there's this tendency to surrender your own judgment to the expertise of the prescribing doctor. Whereas when they go on, when they're, when they're making their own decision for themselves by buying an over the counter product, they they'll research things on the internet. They'll they'll go up to the pharmacist and say, I, I see you have three different products that are the same main ingredient. What's the difference? Why should I buy this one over that one? Those kind of things. People are much more careful. On top, as I mentioned earlier, you know Merck decided. Uh, this is why I don't think that the uh, drug companies pressured the FDA to ignore uh, the information because. Uh, the makers of Claritin-D, Zyrtec, and Allegra, they did their own testing and they said, you know what, we're going to keep our products behind the counter uh, because we're more concerned about our reputation than anything else. So we don't want people to end up saying that Claritin-D doesn't work. So um, uh, if if I had to suspect that somebody is feeling the pressure, I think it's the pressure from the DEA and the Combat Methamphetamine Epidemic Act, not the pressure from the from the drug makers. They're going to do whatever ever in their own best interest.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we were saying that people are more sensitive to the value. Um, there is, placebos do work, right? I mean, I kind of, I've yeah. taken these pills for many years and I, I could swear they made me feel better, but I didn't know otherwise. And so, but in any case, you know, what we have had here now, we, you know, we do inform consent. We don't sell placebos on the market, but um you know, they've made billions of dollars on these drugs. And uh, do you suppose that there is going to be a class action lawsuit regarding this? And and who would you sue, the FDA? Um, because it seems like, you know, the drug makers had their hands tied.
1: Okay, well, first I'm not a legal expert, so I couldn't tell you yeah. who to sue. <laughs> yeah. I would think it's the FDA is the one who's uh, is ignoring this information that's its own advisory panel told them. Um, as uh, uh, I, I haven't heard any news about class action suits. I think what's interesting is that there's still a lot of people out there who haven't heard this news. I mean, it was covered by the news media uh, and, and all the major sources, uh, and I've written about it, but uh, when I myself went up to the pharmacy counter, I had a really bad cold about a month ago, and I purchased pseudo from behind the counter And I said to the pharmacy tech, so I guess you guys heard that the, uh, that, that uh, the phenylephrine's oral phenylephrine doesn't work. Are you going to be taking them off the shelves? She didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, my.
0: Yeah, right. So I guess, really, the only thing left to do here, and who knows whether it'll happen or not, is for Congress to repeal the CMEA. Do you think that's a possibility, and will we get back to a normal market?
1: Uh, realistically, when's the last time Congress repealed any mistake <laughs> True In, enough. I, my, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's. I think that's what they should do. I think unless they do that— uh, my prediction is that the fda doesn't have to act on its advisory panel and as long as most people haven't gotten wind of it and uh um they i I think they're not going to want to rock the boat that's what i think they'll just say let's you know see no evil hear no evil speak no evil just pretend we didn't we didn't hear this uh but uh, a lot of responsible uh private sector actors are going to do the right thing like i said like cvs has decided we're not going to sell that to our customers because we don't want to sell them junk
0: you know? yeah and you know just in terms of congress this is not the first example of do good legislation that uh, backfired um you know we've got lots of examples of that and and here you're talking about the drug cartels they they did a workaround right it forced them yeah. to come up with a better way to produce uh meth right? And so, you know, there always is, you cannot predict all the outcomes, all the possibilities. So that's why, you know, we should always look at this stuff with a very critical eye.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a, uh, 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 a law that people in the drug policy world refer to as the iron law of prohibition, which is the harder the enforcement, the harder the drug, the enforcement incentivizes uh, the makers of whatever's prohibited to come up with more potent forms that can be smuggled in a smaller size would be easier to smuggle and be sold as more units for the risk they're taking. So that's how, for example, fentanyl, <clears throat> which is easier to make in a lab, you don't have to grow up opium poppy and transport across borders. Fentanyl has now replaced uh, uh, heroin. I mean, there's almost it, it, the heroin deaths, heroin-related overdose deaths are, are dramatically down and fentanyl is involved with over 90% of overdose deaths. So um, that 's the kind of thing that 's always going to happen, so now, instead of having the pseudo ephedrine being made in met, to, into meth and meth labs, you have a much more efficient way of making a much more potent type of meth that 's being made by the cartels
0: Well, all good information, and I uh, appreciate your coming on the podcast. Um, uh, we'll 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 have a link to you. You had an op-ed in USA Today, which we reposted on Heartland Daily News, and I'll include that in the podcast notes uh, if you, you want to see this all in writing. Because we've used some big names here of drugs, and again, still lots of confusion. So we really do appreciate your coming on and setting the record straight. And you know, we'll we'll stand advised next time. You know, everyone's. Climbing up a tree, trying to get Congress to do this or that. Just remember, you cannot predict the outcome of everything. So sometimes it's just best to to leave things alone and let the free market do its job. Right. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, ratings here help us at the Heartland Daily Podcast. So if, if you um, fill that out and you can give us a nudge there. We would really appreciate it. And also sharing our link and becoming a regular subscriber. This is Anne-Marie Schieber, and I look forward to being back with another topic from healthcare news.